You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast. Your number one podcast for Florida Gator football. Scared money don't make money. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Getting Swamped. This is none other than your boy, David Soderquist. Now, wild start of the week for the Florida Gators in recruiting. Just when you thought it was starting to look a bit dark and gloomy down the stretch in the last few days of June, Billy Napier and staff just knock it out of the park. And I caught up with Nicholas Delatore earlier this week to break it all down here for you folks and get some of his thoughts on the new voice of the Gators, Sean Kelly, and his expectations for Anthony Richardson coming down the stretch and into fall camp here shortly, right after SEC Media Days and Friday Night Lights coming up here on the horizon as well. So let's get this episode kicked off, man, like a Caleb Sturgis field goal with the interview I had with Nicholas Delatore. All right, folks, this is David Soderquist from the 770, but we had a lot of good news here from the 904. And to break it all down briefly, we have on the one, the only Nick Delatore from on3.com. And Nick, a very eventful week if you're a Florida Gator fan. And just when you thought it was getting really, really bleak down the stretch, Napier and staff rally, man. I mean, I'm talking about TJ Searcy, defensive lineman, commits July the 4th. Marcus Stokes commits July the 7th, and then just minutes later after that, Trayon Webb commits as well. When everybody thought he was going to Penn State, and a wide receiver slash athlete Eugene Wilson commits on the day after that. So a huge haul for Florida, what they needed, especially offensively here. Finally got more offensive weapons. And Nick, first off, man, I know it's July. There's a long way to go here. Uh, what's your take so far of Florida's recruiting? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, um, the initial class, everyone was uh, kind of up in arms because it was a lot of Texas guys, Alabama guys, guys from outside the state. Um, and, and I think all you had to do is like listen to Billy Napier because he said we need to and we're going to prioritize uh, the state of Florida. Um, and but the problem is when they had two weeks, I think literally two weeks before that first signing period. Uh, they didn't know any of those kids. You know, the kids that Florida will be recruiting um, weren't going to be interested in in Louisiana. Uh, so they had to uh, kind of go with guys that they already knew. Um, but now getting into his bump class, I think you're seeing that they've had time, six, seven months to evaluate. Um, they've got guys who uh, have been breaking down film. And, and you're seeing guys from Gaither High School and Eugene Wilson, two guys from from Jacksonville. They are, going, they are going to prioritize the state of Florida, um, and they are going to try to keep those top guys home. Um, I think the, the, pro, the first class was just a product of timing. So I think yeah. what Billy Napier is doing is prioritizing Florida, and I think he said you know that six-hour uh, circle around Florida. Um, so I, th- I think it's good for Florida. You're gonna you're gonna start to see some inroads. It certainly doesn't hurt, you know, that uh, a guy like Ahmad Blacks out of Lakeland um, that you're getting inroads in into schools in Orlando, uh, getting inroads into Jacksonville. Now, just you know, for my taste and my South Florida bias, um, I, I think you're uh, you start need to start getting down to Broward County. Yeah, definitely, man. And if you go down the list of the recruits in the class, every person here is from Florida except for two. A couple of guys from Georgia. Everybody else is from Florida. And uh, right now, if, if you want to go look at blue chip ratio, I know on on three, I think you guys got like a 58% blue chip ratio right there. You got Eugene Wilson there as a top 50 guy. He's, uh, I guess, as a composite wise, he's 147. 
24-7 has them at like a 75% blue chip ratio. And I know around this time, I would say probably three or four recruiting classes. I don't think I've seen a blue chip ratio like this before. Like, I think we were last year and the year before, maybe in the 50 range there somewhere. Mm -hmm. But you never saw a blue chip ratio so far like this. And there's only 12 commits in this class. So you look at it and you're like, okay, well, a lot of the people, especially when Billy Napier first got here, they saw those huge hauls uh, within a month before the staff was here. You know, you got the Kamari Wilson there, Shamar James, Chris McClellan, uh, Devin Moore, all those guys. And I think when that happened, I think a lot of Florida Gator fans really just like got their hopes up thinking, oh my God, he's going to be this elite recruiter, which he still is a better recruiter than the last staff so far already, if you ask me in my opinion. But when all of that happened, I think Florida fans got their hopes up a little bit. And I think the NIL kind of threw a wrench into it. I explained it a little bit last week. And I really think now that things are starting to unfold, some things are starting to get better down the stretch. And uh, do you expect Florida to land? I mean, we got a lot of top 150 guys right now, which is great because they can always move up, go down, whatever. It's only July. But do you expect Florida to land some of these top 100, top 50 guys? Uh, I mean, let's just uh, let's start at the top. <laughs> um, uh, on our on our site, we have Cormani McLean at number two. Um, you're going to have to fight. Billy's going to have to fight, you know, the – the Clemsons, the Texas A&Ms, the, the, the Alabamas, the usual suspects um, when you're talking about a top five kid. Um, but this is a guy that in Cormani McLean that has loved Florida uh, for years. I think he would have probably committed, um, maybe even committed already uh, if Dan Mullen was still on staff because he really liked um, that staff. But that, that's uh, that's going to be an interesting one to follow. I think Florida's in a great spot with him. They definitely feel good with him. Uh, he's been to campus a ton. Uh, and, you know, you should expect uh, for him to be there in Gainesville dur- uh, during the fall for some of these games. Um, going along, uh, you'll, I guess, go down farther on the list. There's, you know, Raylan Wilson, um, who is a uh, player from Tallahassee Lincoln. Um, not, not sure when he's going to commit, but that's a top top 100 guy for us. And then one that everyone uh, is probably hot on, hot on the mind is Derek LeBlanc um, from Osceola. That's a big one uh, from right there from Kissimmee. Uh, I think that's where Dewan Black went to school before transferring. Um, and that looks like it's going to be an Oklahoma-Florida battle. Um, so there are some guys that Florida is, you know, still in it with. You know, there's Malik Bryant. Um, I, I think that's probably trending more towards Alabama. Florida's got gotten a really – done a really good job. Credit to Mike Peterson uh, and to Jamar Chaney getting some edge guys in this class. Um but there's guys that are Florida still in it for, you know, I mean, there's a Cedric Baxter, which probably trending more towards Texas now, but Florida's in it with a lot of these guys that are top 100, top 50 guys. And um, I got, I got in some heat on stadium and Gale for calling uh, Florida just a hat on the table with Jaden Rashada. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think, you know, Florida was even a hat on the table for a lot of these guys with previous staffs and, Whatever that case may be, I mean, you you can point to when Florida was winning, you know, SEC East titles and going to Atlanta, and, and they weren't still they still weren't competing for these guys. So it wasn't on the field. Maybe it was just uh, the vision of the program. And I think right now, when these kids are leaving campus, um, you're hearing great things about the relationships and how genuine the relationships are among the staff. And I think that you know, every kid now seems to when they commit, it's. Um, it felt like family there. Or it felt like home. And I think the genuine relationships that 
the the guys on staff, the women on staff have from Billy Napier all the way down to, you know, uh, an intern in the recruiting, uh, you know, the recruiting department. Um, those genuine relationships, I think uh, kids are picking up on when they're in Gainesville. Yeah, absolutely. And they talk about, you know, Gainesville being home and, and all that. But we really know what it boils down to. It, it's NIL. And if you want to call it bags or whatever, that it's really what that boils down to. Because these kids, they get to this school and they see now the market's risen. They see this quarterback at Tennessee that's supposedly, quote unquote, getting $8 million in a contract. But barring some incentives or whatever, he's probably not really getting all that money. But we'll, we'll see about that. But you see these big contracts, you hear about them. So now these kids, these big five-star quarterbacks, they're wanting schools to pony up because they hear it all on the media and stuff like that. So NIL has really changed the game. It's thrown a wrench in a lot of schools. I mean, you've already seen one guy come from Georgia and he went to Alabama. You saw one guy from Alabama flip to Penn State just yesterday. So, you know, with NIL, and to me, and I've thought about this too, if you get a really good deal for a kid, like say you can't really, in Florida, you can't pay them until they enroll and get on campus and all that other kind of stuff. They can't get any kind of benefits. But in some states, I guess the laws are a little bit different. Do you see now that when kids commit to a school through NIL, are they more reluctant to stay based on their deal? Or are they more reluctant to decommit if they get a better deal somewhere else? Um, that, that's interesting. Cause you know, if, if you're thinking about it like that, which I think is, is, is smart, then, okay, well it's business. And until I sign uh, a national letter of intent, someone can come in with a better offer and maybe I want that better offer. So I, I don't know if, 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 if NIL will, will make kids more, uh, likely to stick to their commitment or, uh, keep shopping. Until, uh, you know, until the last second. Um, I also, it's something I've been kind of like kicking around. Everyone at Florida is saying like, hey, the new standalone is going to be a game changer. And I'm wondering, is it? Like, yeah, it's a cool building. But like a lot of places have cool buildings now. And if Alabama offers me more money than you do, they've got a cool building. So like, I don't know, maybe even the standalone, which I think is going to be great for quality of life. It should help in recruiting. Um, things like that. I just don't know if it's the same game changer that it would have been, let's say eight years ago. Um, I think now you almost have to wonder like, Hey, is that money? Uh, listen, the money's gone for, for that, but like, would that money have been better served? Uh, you know, funding the Gator collective or, or funding NIL, uh, deals. So it, it'll be interesting. I think we're, I'm still at least, I don't know. I almost put words in other people's mouths, but I'm still at least trying to wrap my mind around NIL um, and how it's having an effect. And, and then here's another thing. What about a, let's say like an Anthony Richardson, if he has a good year, but isn't projected to be a top 10 pick in the draft, what kind of NIL deal can you give an Anthony Richardson to say, Hey, it might not be exactly what your, contract would be at number 15 16 but we've put this together come back have a better year and now maybe you're a top five pick and then that difference is huge and i i know, I know for a fact already that bt ryapel um got a good deal and he's planning on coming back for his senior year his fifth year um in baseball so i'm thinking okay well this is happening in baseball can this happen in football so now it's we're not even getting to i guess it is still recruiting but you're recruiting your roster you're recruiting your current roster with NIL. So um, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around 
the whole recruiting aspect of it, the the players on rosters aspect of it. And I think it, it, it's going to be really interesting to see if you get maybe even some fringe first rounders that you would love to have back on your team. Hey, what can we put together NIO-wise to get you back on campus? Yeah, absolutely. When you break it all down, too, it, it, you look at NIL and the way that it's changed the game just already, just so quickly in a year, it, it, you really don't know who the top schools are going to be every year. I mean, we saw the number one running back in the class. I think it was Ruben Owens. He went to Louisville. Like, mm-hmm. out of all the schools, he picks Louisville. Well, somebody ponied something up there because you already know that somebody of that caliber, or, or maybe he just liked the school, whatever, but I highly doubt it. But you see stuff like that. We've seen some crazy things. You see some guys go to Michigan State that Florida was in the running for. And you're starting to see more schools beat out other schools for top players. So in in a way, I kind of think that I have a 50-50 basis thing on NIL. I like it and I don't like it. I think sometimes the numbers go too far with the money and all that. But it's not my money. So if they want to spend it, by all (laughs) means, that's your money. It's not coming out of my pocket. But I think it's going to make it a little bit more fair across the board for every school to be able to line up talent with other schools in the future. And you're probably going to see a lot better games instead of just the normal people dominating every year, like the Clemsons, the Georgias, the Alabamas, all those schools. You're really going to see it probably be a little bit more fair down the stretch. It it is probably going to have to come down to development and coaching in the end to win something. But it's still all new right now, and and we'll see what happens with all of that. And uh, since we're still on recruiting, and before we get into something else here, I want to ask you if you had to make a final prediction right now for Florida's recruiting class. It's July now. Let's fast forward to February. What's your final prediction of where Florida will end up? All right, so we've got Florida at fifteen. Um, huh? A couple of the guys, like just this month, I think would push them probably past Louisville, Arkansas into that 12, 13 range right behind Oregon, Miami, Tennessee. Um, I think Florida's goal uh, should be a top 10 class. I don't know if there's enough of those top talented guys, um, you know, top 50 guys that we talked about before to really get Florida into like top five territory with, uh, you know, Alabama, Clemson, Texas, Ohio state, Notre Dame. Um, But I think if you get into the top 10, that's a great bump class for Billy Napier um, and, and for the Gators. So I'll put Florida right in that like nine to 11 range um, come February. Yeah, I'm good with that. If that's what happens, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Cause the trajectory of it from, I guess maybe a week ago, didn't look good. <laughs> well, the sky was falling. <laughs> yeah. uh, luckily there were some four stars that were part of the sky and, and Billy was able to catch those uh, at, you know, as the world fell apart. Right. You saw Josh paid uh post a gif of the undertaker rising from the dead when uh, he was talking about Florida's recruiting. So that was a funny gift to see out there on Twitter. And uh, we got, we got a big month, man. I mean, July is full of commitments, Uh, Friday night Mm -hmm. lights scheduled here. I think it's July the 29th. Um, Mm -hmm. I know it's going to be, you know, there's going to be people added to that list on Friday night lights, but what are some big names scheduled right now for Friday night lights? Well, so I'm interested about this because they're not really publicizing it as much as other staffs had. And if you go back to when Friday Night Lights started, um, it was super exclusive and, and very secretive, um, you know, and, and I think it kind of grew because of that exclusivity and because of the names that they got. I mean, I remember seeing Ronald Powell um, at Friday Night Lights looking like a, like a 34-year-old man <laughs> standing there, you know, without a shirt talking to Urban Meyer. And, and it kind of grew into this thing where you'd have, 
980 kids there um, and, and only 20 guys that, you know, Florida really wanted to talk to, but you can't have, you know, these invite only camps. So it seems the way that this staff has kind of kept it under wraps. They're, they're, they're talking about the cookout on the 30th more than they're talking about Friday night lights. So I think it's, it's going to be a situation where uh, they're trying to keep it a little more quiet, a little under wraps and, and, and make it a little more exclusive. But I think, you know, obviously you're going to want all of your committed guys um, there. You're going to want all of, uh, you know, the Cormani McLean, anyone that's within a drive, uh, Jordan LeBlanc, anyone that's within a drive, Hey, come up, uh, come see the camp. Cause you can make it a really great atmosphere in the, in the stadium, under the lights, music's blasting. Um, and I think kind of what you're seeing right now with Florida is, is that momentum and guys wanting to play with those guys. So you bring all of these four-star guys, you get an item Aiden Mizell in there, you get, um, you know, some of these guys that every players want to play with great players. So I don't know that I have a great list, but I think, Right now, based on how the staff is moving, I think it'll be a smaller camp than in past years, and I think that's better. Yeah, no matter who goes to Friday Night Lights, even if we don't get a list, at least Billy Napier will be there, and uh, they won't be missing the head coach when they visit, right? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I I don't think that. uh, Man, I even go back to uh, Brent Peace getting stuck in, I think it was like in Alaska, on a hunting trip or a fishing trip and missing Friday Night Lights. Man, there's been a lot of weird stuff happen. Yeah, well, we we know the last head coach was just on vacation when that happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, switching subjects here, man. Sean Kelly announced as Mick Huber's replacement. Here's the voice of the Gators. General consensus, man. What's your thoughts on that, man? I know you spend a lot of time out there on the baseball field in the press box yeah. with Cardozo a lot. What's your feeling on Sean Kelly, man? Yeah, well, it was really cool. We actually had a chance to, um, Zach and I on the Gators Online podcast, we kicked it with him for, he was really gracious with his time. Uh, I think we had like 35 minutes with him. Um, and then we talked to him for like 10 minutes before and after. Um, really interesting guy um, from the Midwest, from St. Louis, grew up on Jack Buck, um, uh, spent time at Missouri, spent time uh, as the voice of the Tulane Wave. Uh, and then most recently, he was with ESPN as their national college voice on the radio. He's had a chance to call Florida games. He's called two Florida LSU games. Uh, both of those were in Baton Rouge. And he called uh, Florida Miami back in, what was that, 2018 when they played in Orlando? Yeah, um, he yeah, was on the call for that. I think the biggest thing um, that I got from talking with Sean was he was looking forward to getting back to being part of a team. Um, and it must be really cool. And I've talked to Andy Staples about this. Um, uh, I asked Andy, I said, what's more difficult? Cause you've done the beat job where you're same team day in and day out. And you probably know more about the team than, than a national guy would. Um, and, and, but a national guy, you're kind of like parachuting in on a Tuesday, trying to learn as much about you can, about a team as you can before Saturday covering the game. And then you're out of there and you're onto a new thing. So in that aspect, it's fun. Um, him, he gets to take his headset off and if one team loses, it doesn't matter to him. He just gets to to go out there, but you don't really get to be a part of a team's story. Um, and I think that's really what he's looking forward to getting back to is being a part of the Gators. Um, he's not, you know, he's not, he's not from Gainesville. He's not, you know, a Jeff Cardozo, um, or a Batesy. He doesn't have that, you know, orange and blue in his blood, 
Um, but neither did Mick Hubert when Mick Hubert got to Florida. Uh, and then he spent 33 years in, um, that's older than you and I, Dave, <laughs> there's yeah. no, there's no Florida highlight that I can think of that I don't have. Oh my ringing in, or he's in quarantine or, or something like that. So it's definitely big shoes to fill. Um, and Mick Hubert became synonymous with the Florida Gators. But I think for anyone saying Sean Kelly's not a Gator, he's not, you know, one of us, I, I you know, neither was Mick Hubert. And I think give him time, um, listening to him, he's got a great voice. I think he does a really good job, and it's something that I've taken um, reading Stuart Scott's book. I've taken from Stuart, Stuart Scott, which was, you don't need to interject in your question. Um, sometimes there's a pause, and there's a pause for a good reason. Let the person think. Um, talking to Sean, he said, sometimes even when your job is to tell people what you're seeing that are listening on the radio, he goes, sometimes your job is to shut up and let them listen to the fans and let them listen to the reaction." Um, so it'll be interesting to see. I don't know if he'll be, you know, as energetic as Mick Hubert. Um, he's got his own style, but, um, I really enjoyed talking to him. Um, and, uh, we'll see if he does baseball. He's definitely a big baseball guy. It's a sport he played, but, uh, I'll definitely be interested to see how he sounds and, and, and what it sounds like, uh, for football and basketball for sure. And, uh, he, he even said, he goes, man, what an introduction, September 3rd, Utah. I said, yeah, but it's not the, uh, North, South, Eastern, West, Westerly Tech uh, Institute that you're going to get, you know, no cupcake. I said, you should get 80,000 plus, 90,000, uh, and it should be a great introduction for you uh, when Florida opens up against Utah. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I saw that video of um, him calling the Santa Claus out there. Oh, no, uh, what a yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, so at least we know he's got a sense of humor as well. So as I said, it, it, it is going to be a, a tough position to fill. It's gonna, Nobody's going to be able to actually replace Mick Hubert. He obviously has tough shoes to fill. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that once Florida Gator fans get acclimated with him and all that, they'll be just A-OK. And once sure. we... Get about one or two years down the line. Everybody will be used to it. And uh, you know, as I said, he's not going to be Mick Hubert, and we can't expect that from him. We got to give him a fair shot. And I like Sean Kelly. He's got a great personality, very humorous guy. So, segueing from that, man, um, subject I talked about on the Mark Moses radio show here, uh, upcoming season, my expectations for Anthony Richardson. We just had a brief discussion there. Uh, you know, Richardson, he showed his talent, ability to heave a football. I mean, heave defenders, get extra yardage, run. I think he ran like 21.5 miles an hour on one of his runs. I mean, there's a lot of comparisons out there to Cam Newton. And we saw what he did with the Auburn team. I mean, that, that team didn't have no business being on the field until Cam Newton was there with the LSUs and Alabamas. Uh, just all the tougher teams. Auburn probably wouldn't have been able to compete without Cam Newton. So... All these, you know, comparisons to Cam Newton, Anthony Richardson, maybe a Tim Tebow comparison. Uh, it's lofty goals. We've seen what Anthony Richardson can do on the field. I mean, he scored two minutes every every time he was heaving the football against LSU. He scored a touchdown every two minutes. What's your expectations for Anthony Richardson this season? Um, so uh, our Georgia site um, asked us like five questions and, and I've always been high on Anthony Richardson, but like, as I'm answering their questions, I realized like, Oh, I'm, I'm bullish on Anthony Richardson. Like I think, so I think if when, when I went down Florida's rock or Florida's schedule um, and we did it quickly, um, uh, I had Florida as like a seven and five, eight and four team. I think it's a tough schedule with Georgia a trip to Texas A&M starting with Utah. Um, and as I'm talking, I'm like, 
if Anthony Richardson is as good as I think he is and he stays healthy, I'm like, this kid could drag Florida to nine, 10 wins. And, and I honestly think he has the ability to have that kind of a Heisman candidate season, a, a Heisman dark horse season. He's that talented. Um, do you win the Heisman if your team only wins eight games? You know, I think that's like a Tim Tebow thing. Um, but that's the kind of player he can be. And if you look at this offense, I mean, um, it, you're going to run the football and he's going to be able to run the football and, and those inside zones when they set up uh, a play action, he's got, you know, an uncle Rico, I can throw the ball over those mountains kind of arm. Um, so I, I'm really, really high on Anthony Richardson. I think it's going to be an offense that suits his running ability, um, which then sets up his throwing. So I, to me, I don't know where, the ceiling is for Anthony Richardson. I, I guess the ceiling would be Heisman, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I think in answering the questions for our other site, I realized like, okay, I don't know if people inside Gator nation, like you and, and the fans that follow it super closely, I don't know if what I'm saying now sounds crazy, but I think if somebody from Alabama listened to it, they'd be like, what the heck is this guy talking about? What does he mean? Anthony Richardson can win the Heisman. He played in what eight games last year. Um, to me, the, the thing will be, and from talking to Anthony, is he had the hamstring injuries. Um, the doctor who just cleaned up his knee told him, like, hey, your hamstring injuries could have been a product of you having a torn meniscus and, and your body trying to overcompensate for your knee. And now that your knee is cleaned up, we'll see. But I don't think that you'll have those injuries or the those lingering you know, hamstring problems. So to me, it's, hey, if he's healthy, um, he's going to be – you know, a first team all SEC candidate. And I understand you have a quarterback who just won the Heisman in the conference. Um, but I, I think the sky is the limit for Anthony Richardson. And I'm, I'm personally hoping uh, for him to stay healthy. Cause I think he's really, really fun to watch when he's healthy and when he's on the field. Yeah. See, that's my main concern too, is, is his health. And it's not because I'm saying he's fragile or nothing like that. I'm just worried about, you know, any player can get injured, like just take the wrong hit. You, you, I mean, you could, about a quarterback, you could break his hand and then he's done. He's not gonna be able yeah. to toss the football. So I kind of worry about that in an aspect. And if we had, and, and I hate to say this, if we had better quarterback depth, I know Jack Miller, he's entered into a new system, didn't have that many snaps at Ohio state. So he's got to learn a whole new system whole new coaching staff. So he's going to, he's, it's going to take time for Jack Miller to get accustomed to all of that. Uh, I worry though, if that does happen, Florida season might just tank from there. But if Anthony Richardson can stay healthy, which I think is, is it's more of, I guess, a run based offense now with a lot of running backs and, and just two tight end sets, some, you know, tight end blocks and all of that. So when I think about it, uh, I think Anthony Richardson has the potential, like you said. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of experience starting with the football, but you've seen when he came in for Emory Jones, it was a different offense. I mean, it was a much better offense with Anthony Richardson just in there with the inexperience that he had. And I'm really curious to see now in a new system, and especially how he did in the spring game, I mean, throwing over 70%, over 200 yards, didn't get a lot of time on the field, but that's still pretty good for not getting a lot of time on the field. You kind of saw that in kind of a vanilla you know, laid back offense there in the spring game. And you're thinking to yourself, you're like, okay, well, what happens game one versus Utah? Is or is he going to go off? Is he going to score 40, 50 points? Or is it going to be a learning experience for him? And that that's kind of what I've got jumbling through my brain. So it's like, I think Anthony Richardson can do it. I think that he has the, you know, obviously the skills and the physical abilities to do it. 
maybe not the experience, but I don't think Cam Newton had that much experience starting for Auburn though either. So you kind of compare that. You can, I guess you can compare it, but at the same time, they're two different people. But I mean, Anthony Mm. Richardson, man, he has those traits just like what Cam Newton, uh, Tim Tebow did. So be curious to see how he can convert that into the, you know, the talent, you know, losing some of the wide receivers from the transfer portal, uh, hoping that Justin Shorter has a breakout season, helps maybe a wide receiver out there like an Xavier Henderson or some of those younger guys out there. So I'm real curious to see how they run that offense around him and uh, and how much he grows up in this offense. I mean, you hear Denny yeah. Thompson talk about him and, and how much he's grown and all that. So I'm really kind of pumped to see what Anthony Richardson does against Utah, a, a team that's averaging 30 points per game who returns most of their starters and was the Pac-12 champions there. So he's got a tough task his first game. So I'm really curious to see what he does there. And, and Nick, man... Thank you for coming on. I know we had technical difficulties. I'm going to have to edit this one up and uh, cut out a lot of parts. And I'm probably going to be working on this for a while. But I see that you're wearing your punters are people t-shirt. And I know we're, we're, we're on audio. So as far as Nick on here and punters are people, you know, hey, it, it, I agree, man. Like, punters yeah. get no respect. the long snappers don't either. What about the long snappers too, man? I mean... Somebody, well, you somebody's know, they, uh, the the long snappers. If if punters are if punters are the salt of the earth uh, people, the hard workers, they can't do their job without a long snapper. That's right. Uh, the ball needs to get to them uh, for them to be able to do their job. So let's lump them in. Kickers are still weird, um, but but long snappers. Uh, yeah, long snappers are people too. That's right. Long snappers, punters, kickers, and uh, even the guy that holds the towel. What's that guy's name that holds towels, Gatorade things? Or are they just kind of like guys that just kind of volunteered to do that? I think those are just volunteers. Okay. Maybe I'll do that one time since I can't do anything <laughs> yeah. else. So <laughs> get, you, get you down on the field. That's right. I, hey, I, you know, I, I think I got some eligibility left, man. So uh, whatever. <laughs> you got to ta- be academically ineligible. They'll, they'll take a 38 year old that's like five foot six, right? Yeah, All yeah. Right, there's a spot for you. You can hold the money down sign at least. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, Nick. Thank you for joining me. Technical difficulties here, but uh, Nick from On3, if you haven't checked his, his workout, he's at On3, Stadium and Gale. What, uh, where else are you, Nick? I mean, you you do everything these days. Yeah, hey, uh, we've got... Uh, I write stories on the internet, um, write essays on the internet, do two different podcasts with Gators Online and Stadium and Gale. Uh, we're doing YouTube, and, and I'm taking over our Facebook pages. So it's keeping me busy, uh, keeping me busy. Had a, had like a, a two-week little semi-vacation uh, from from after baseball until until this week. But we're getting ready and geared up for uh, SC Media Days. And then right after that, I mean, two weeks after Media Days is the start of fall camp. So we're, we're into it. That's right. SEC Media Days fall camp coming up for you folks here in a couple weeks. So, Nick, thank you for joining me on Getting Swamp. Appreciate it. Psst. Hey, want to put some extra cash in your wallet? How about if someone told you that you could double up to $100 of your money instantly? That's a no-brainer, right? PrizePix is letting you do that today. Join prizepix.com and enter promo code SWAMP to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. That's it. That's all you have to do. But I know what you're saying. What's PrizePix, Dave? Well... Prize Picks is the best legal way to play player props in the states like California, Florida, Texas, and more. Prize Picks is the easy way to play daily fantasy. All you do is just pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. That's it. Hey, look, Anthony Richardson is mock drafted to the first round this year, and preseason Heisman odds right now are looking pretty good. So I've definitely taken the over on some of these games with Anthony Richardson every game this season. 
And that's how much I believe in him and you can too. But we're not just talking college football here, folks. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of, like the NFL, as I said, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. So we don't even have to wait until college football season. You can just do it now. Just make an entry. Pick the over and under, and that's it. That's simple. You're in the game. So if you're like me and you love free money, enter promo code SMOPT when you register for prizepicks.com, and you can double your money up to $100. It takes 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prizepicks.com, daily fantasy simplified. Ready, set. You're listening to Getting Swamped with David Soderquist. All right, Nick Delatori giving us a little more insight to recruiting. Sean Kelly and the big impact in year Anthony Richardson could potentially have on this Florida Gators football team. But man, recruiting this week's just been fire, man. And I'll say this, these running backs we're getting are absolute studs. I mean, Trail Webb, he's been nursing a hamstring injury and he was still killing it. And now he has a senior year still to go, so he'll be healthy. So I'm pumped to see where he will wind up by the end of the cycle. And I'm sure his ranking will rise down the stretch if he has a very good senior year. But man, two big time running back names so far for this staff, Trevor Etienne, the last cycle, now Trayon Webb this cycle, that's two big-time top 150 running backs for Florida that they've recruited in high school for this staff in seven months. And that's pretty good considering the last staff could only pick up one high school running back in, in about four years. And I don't I don't count Damian Pierce because he was already kind of committed to Florida, but we'll say Naquan Wright counts. But so things are on the come up. I mean, the last time Florida recruited a running back at the top 150 from high school, you have to go all the way back to the 2015 class with Jordan Scarlett. So yeah, that's bigger than what most people think. So this staff is out there recruiting and getting some big names on campus. So as I said a few episodes ago, give Billy some time, let him work. So segue from that, there was some other big news that happened this week. Graham Hall, my buddy from the Gainesville Sun, he's now heading over to 24-7 sports to enter the wild world of recruiting. So congratulations to Graham Hall and congratulations to this man who we have coming up next announcing his new clothing line called Walk On Gang. That's right, folks. Clifford Taylor IV released his new clothing line and we will give you all the dirt and details on the second part of Getting Swamped coming up. Need a sign for your company, your man cave, your live stream or podcast? Give my guy Brandon White a shout out at White & Sons Wood Carving. He has the best handcrafted signs nationally, all custom fit for your needs. With state-of-the-art paint and epoxy, you can have that glow of your sign too with some custom LEDs as a package as well. Give him a shout out on Twitter at WS Wood Carving. You can also follow him on Twitch and check out his Facebook page at White & Sons Wood Carving. Top of the line signs made from scratch. College programs must be competitive in name, image, and likeness. It impacts current athletes and affects the decisions of recruits. And Gator fans can put Florida at the forefront of NIL. The Gator Collective is leading the charge, uniting fans and student-athletes like never before. Commit for exclusive content, interactions, and events which bring you closer than ever to your favorite players. Also, by joining the Gator Collective, you're empowering these student-athletes to build relationships and develop skills that go far beyond just making money. You're providing an avenue for these Gators to excel in life. NIL will change the landscape of college sports and we can't be left behind. Gator Nation, do your part by joining the Gator Collective today at www.thegatorcollective.com. You're listening to the Getting Swamped Podcast. 
with your host, David Soderquist, your number one source for all things college football and Florida Gators. All right, folks, joining me on Getting Swamped once again, Clifford Taylor IV, former tight end for the University of Florida, just released his clothing line called Walk on Gang. And Clifford, like I said, you deliver once again. Walk on Gang apparel, it's hit the shelves as of yesterday. I know me and you, we talked a little bit behind the scenes of, of what this thing was going to be. And first of all, you know, congratulations, man. And what's inspired you to do this, release this clothing line? Um two things really um well actually three uh walk-ons in itself uh my uh my my followers i don't i don't, I don't even like calling them like followers or fans or anything I, I i like calling them like supporters i like just calling them like i call them quote the best supporters in the world because you know i think for a lot of people including myself when i when i was done you know playing college ball i thought my social career was pretty much you know, done. It was over. And these guys have been, you know, riding with me for the longest. And like, even during my time from Florida up to now, I've just been calling my followers like the walk-on gang. And also my mom, because like my mom, she was always, she was always wondering, she was like, you know, she's like, you could, you know, you could do something good for athletes. And so like, I, I'll never forget. So she was right there with me when I got this uh, gift from this company called Retire My Jersey. And so basically what they do, they give you like special banners. You put your, put your like number and name on it or whatever. So they gave it to me from them directly. And on the bottom, it said like even a walk-on can change the world. And even ever since my time in, in LA, I've just been kind of like having that on my wall and just kind of like looking at it. And I was just like, I was like, it'd be really cool to like sort of do something not only for like my supporters, but just for like guys who aspire to be athletes like, you know, like me, whether they, whether they, get put on scholarship or not like the walk-on gang is, is, is for everyone and so I just came up with that with an idea and I just put my you know graphic design major to the test and you know I got in contact with my agent he was familiar with limelight apparel and so we just we just collabed and it just it, it just you know became magic and so you know I, I was saying um you know you know when I announced I was like this is from you know the Clipper show to the walk-on gang because like the Clipper show and walk-on gang are like two different things Clipper show is sort of like an alter ego in a sense and the Walkman Gang is sort of like, you know, my OG followers, people that have been rocking with me like forever. And so this is kind of like a cool collaboration of putting everything together while also helping, you know, inspiring athletes too. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm glad you said you don't call them followers, you call them supporters. And that that's really cool too. Uh, it, it, it shows that you acknowledge the people that stuck with you, you know, as you said, forever and all of that. And you talk about Limelight, the the company, the distributor. What's working like for them? How, how have they been treating you, man? They've been good. Um, you know, I've, I've been, um, you know, we've actually been talking about this whole process for um, for months now, it seems like. And um, basically it was just more so on, you know, my end because like I was just so busy. Like, you know, you go from the, you know, the Super Bowl, you know, to moving from L.A., you know, back to Florida to New Jersey. And then you, you got to work the playoffs. Then you got to work the finals. You got to work the draft. And it was just kind of like, just like things were just happening. So we kind of like, we stayed in the loop. We stayed in touch, which I really, which I really appreciate because, you know, I feel like usually when conversations, they like come to a halt, everything just kind of like just shuts down. But we always like stayed in touch with each other. Uh, Mike Raymond did a good job of make, making sure that I stayed in touch with them so that we can get this ball rolling. Like once all of this stuff, you know, was over. 
and we found a pretty solid gap between, you know, the draft and summer league. And we're like, okay, let's try, let's try to launch this thing before, you know, summer league kicks off because summer league, you know, us being on the East coast, it's from like three to 3 PM, like one in the morning. And so we just figured out like, okay, like this week would be the perfect week to just like drop everything. And so I, I remember like saying on TikTok, like attention walk-ons and like, and they all were like, what's the announcement? What's the announcement? And I'm like, Check my most recent video, yo. And so um, we just we just came up with a perfect time. You know, Limelight has been great. The deal they they came with me was was um, you know it it, it made it made sense. And so uh, basically, what I'm going to do is I and I already got like freaking thirty just chilling um, for the for all the people like including Chris Doring who um, who mentioned it yesterday. Major props to him. Going to be giving them like all you know all shirts on me. You know, just kind of showing like a token of, you know, appreciation. So, oh, that's cool. You got a little uh, Chris Doring and uh, endorsement there, man. Of uh... yeah, yeah. So, um, I I spoke to Chris about it a little bit after um, the spring game, the uh, the spring game, because I, I I remember at one point I think it was like the third or fourth quarter, and he was just talking about like the importance of like walk ons and how like Coach Napier was trying to bring in like thirty to forty or something like that. And he was just talking about walk ons and the Gator Collective, and I was like, I was like, let me, let me, let me talk to him about this like little little vision that we got going on here. So he was all on board, and we we've been staying in touch ever since, and he and he loved it, and so yeah, yeah, major major props to him because he's he's a legend around Gainesville. Yeah, definitely, man. And uh, to get a Chris Doring endorsement, that's pretty cool, man. That, that's pretty big. And right now, like on your website, man, you got a few shirts out there, some hoodies. Uh, what, what's this? Is it like, like a tribal symbol or does that have any meaning to it? Or So even though even though it's shaped as or designed as a shield. Yeah. Walk ons. The walk on gang is for is for everyone. Whether you're a walk on and you can walk on and water polo, basketball, track, whatever the case is. So I was just kind of going back to just a little bit of inspo from, from like my career and saying like, dang, it's like we kind of really went from from like basketball, you know, to football. And so that's why the O is kind of shaped the way it is, almost like a, a diamond basketball. And then the W, it just it just all formed as a shield. And it was just like it was perfect. And so I was like, OK, you know, we can we can work with this. So I'm, I'm sure I'll probably. Because the way my mind goes, I like to like evolve things within a couple months or maybe even a year. But yeah. for the time being, we're just going to get this thing rolling. And, um, you know, we got more colors coming in. I know we just got black and we got the gator uh, scheme right now. Where we got, you know, black, green, pink, purple. We got a whole bunch of stuff. Got a whole bunch of new shirt, shirt designs, hat designs, too. And we're pretty much just going to get this get this thing rolling. That was going to be my next question, man. I, I noticed there were shirts, there's hoodies, and I know a guy asked about a hat, so you got hats coming up. Is there anything yeah. else that you guys, like, in y'all's mind, have anything like, uh, I don't know, keychains or something like that or something that anybody could get a hold of? Um, I think keychains and, like, other accessories, once once we, like, get to, like, a, once we hit, like, that certain level, like, once I, well, probably, probably once I hit, like, 100K, on IG or like 500k on TikTok or something like that, then we'll just then we'll just go absolutely you know crazy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just for the time being, just um, you know just shirts and and um, um, you know hats and it's actually cool because like during this whole process, I actually like learned a lot about you know the importance of like LLCs, importance of a trainer, and and that's and that's one thing I really enjoyed honestly the most about this whole thing is because you know kind of like. 
you know, when I was a walk-on, when I was playing, I had to like learn everything and I had to like adjust everything. So when I had this thing going, I had to learn about like trademarks. I had to learn about like certain things that you have to do before you like get things rolling. Even though to me, to me, this is like, you know, a much better version of a Shopify. You know, sometimes you just got to make sure you have your stuff locked in. So I was like, this is, this is a... This is this is interesting. So, you know, I, I definitely appreciate the, the process and the little delay that we had, in, you know, on Friday. But I mean, hey, you, you, you we're learning. So, yeah, that's a process, too. I've heard about, you know, when you start your own, I guess, your brand like you, you're starting your brand, you get in an LLC and all that. There's a lot of ins and outs to that that a lot of people don't know about. So it's really good to, for somebody, I guess, starting something like that to actually learn about that, get the licensing and get everything correct. Because, man, there's there's so many I, I, I can't even call them loopholes, but there's so many like things that you got to know or else like something could really blow up in your face. And uh, yeah. it's really good to get an education on that. And you've done a fantastic job here. And I know about Limelight Apparel for some other people. I know some guys that have bought Kamari Wilson's T-shirts. These these same guys make those uh, customizable T-shirts for those guys as well. So it's really high quality. A lot of this stuff's really high quality, you know. You're not going to wash it one time and the paint's going to start coming off or anything like that. It's, it's very right. high quality and it's out there. So, yeah, Clifford, man, it, this looks cool, man. I, I'm proud of you, man. I mean, now you got, what, 350000 on TikTok. You got a huge following there. It's so cool to see somebody, especially like you, who is a walk-on and you're representing all the other walk-ons of every sport out there. And it's pretty cool that the inspiration of that logo of what you explained went into that. It wasn't just something you wanted to put on a shirt. You wanted it to mean something. Oh, I just like it <laughs> yeah, right. Here, here, here looks like this is a cool logo. Let's put it on. No, you actually like thought about it. You know, it was like, here, this is going to mean something. So you put a lot of thought and a lot of effort into this. So any of you folks that are walk-ons, I guess, at other schools or in other sports, you know, check out, you know, Clifford Taylor, uh, walkongang.com. Uh, he's got a clothing line here. As he said, he'll get hats and some other apparel as it goes down. And, uh, you know, Clifford, man, if you've got anything else to add, man, I, it's like I said, dude, I've, I've been so proud of you. You've done so much after, you know, the University of Florida. It just shows, it goes to show you kids, even if you don't make it to the NFL, you see, even if you're not a scholarship player or a scholarship player, you don't make it to the NFL. Clifford Taylor's the perfect example of what success is outside of the football field. Oh man, man, you're gonna get me teary eyed uh, talking like that. But uh, <laughs> now, man, I, I, I appreciate it. And like I said, this this was all because of like the just the best, you know, supporters in the world. And, and you know, I, I don't think I say this enough to them, but it's like their support is what really helped me, you know, get to the Rams, you know, get to the LA, you know, living in this, in this space now, um, you know, there's no hard work without, without a little bit of help and support. And so like, like the support of like family, friends, you know, over, you know, 400,000 worldwide followers everywhere. It's just like, it's one of those things today where it's just like, I still can't, it's still just so unbelievable. And so just hard to, describe how much I like I appreciate everyone and this is sort of like a token of like gratitude and, and thank you to them and yeah I'm just excited to see how we get this thing rolling I already had like a few friends said that they got some stuff family members and walk-ons that were reposting stuff as well so it's awesome and um yeah man I'm just um, another thing it's like I'm just I'm just excited to be back uh Gainesville for week one you know I've been I've been kind of like teasing that I would be back but uh yeah that that game I'm I'm so excited for I'm so excited to see how this this new you know this new wave of the Napier era and I and I still just got I still got to meet like everybody like I've only the only people I know on staff really is is BB and so <laughs> BB and Diane and, and so that's that's about it but 
yeah, no, I'm just, I'm just excited for these guys, you know, and Cam going to be here before you know it. So, you know, I'm just ready to get things going. Uh, you representing the walk-on gang down there at the first game. I'll be down there too, so I expect to see you. Maybe I can meet up with you, and maybe we can do something down there for a little bit. Uh, it's going to be big, man. I know of a lot of guys that are going to it already, so I'm already pumped about it anyway. My hotel stay was not cheap either, by the way, for that yeah, game. It yeah. was it was pretty steep. So I said, well, if I'm going to pay for this hotel, I'm going inside of the stadium too. So, if, you know. It's, it's mad plus that my roommates are, are, are our only seniors, my old roommates. One of my, yeah, one of my random roommates from my senior year. They're going to be seniors now, so you know I'll, I'll be I'll probably be staying with them. <laughs> well, I'll be I'll be watching you from like row three eighteen all the way up at the top because uh, all, all the good ones were were taken and they were really expensive. So after I already paid for that hotel, I said, you know what, I'll get me a cheap seat. I'll be able to see everything. Is it which which uh, one? Is it the Hilton or University? It's the uh, Country Inn and Suites. It's one right, right off the exit of, uh, you know, right as you get off the Gainesville exit, it's you take, I think it's you take a right or a left, but it's right oh, there off the exit. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like right beside yeah. Celebration Point, right beside Spurriers. You can just walk to everything from there. Right. So it's usually, that's usually where I stay at when I come down there. So don't stalk me, anybody. But that's where I, that's where I usually stay because, uh, you know, it's just so close to everything. It's convenient. And then if I, I really feel like uh, tailgating, I can just take an Uber down there and then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Clifford, man, walk on gang, uh, walk on gang.com. If you want any of the merchandise, as I said, it's high quality merch. Uh, it's, it's, it's just a great apparel line. He's going to have more things coming here in the future. And then Clifford, you got anything else you want to tell anybody? I, I, I know that, uh, you know, you probably already said what you need to say, but, uh, you know, you said you'll be down there in Utah, the first game of the season. What you got for us, man? Uh, I appreciate everybody. And, uh, you know, it's great to be a Florida Gator. Go Gators. I know they can't visibly see it, but I'm just through top anyway. So <laughs> that's it. Go Gators. Walk on gang. Clifford, Thanks. thank you for joining me on Getting Swap, man. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, man. Clifford Taylor the fourth, one of the most successful walk-ons to come out of the University of Florida that I know. I mean, that kid is he's doing big things, guys. I mean, he has a huge social media following, especially on TikTok. An absolute all-around special guy, man. I can't say enough great things about Clifford Taylor, man. So uh any of you folks out there, especially you walk-ons out there that want to support yourself or guys like me who want to support the walk-on gang brand, head on over to walkongang.com and pick you up. A shirt, a hoodie, and as he said, hats coming soon, some other apparel as well. But folks, that will do it and wrap it up for this episode of Getting Swamped and SEC Media Days coming up here July 18th. And Billy Napier slated to be on Wednesday, July 20th for Media Days. And I will have all of that coverage here for you folks. And tune in next week. I already have a very informative, intelligent mind slated to make an appearance on this next episode. So now that folks can take a little bit of a breather from recruiting, relax a little bit. I'm signing off here. I'm heading down to one of my favorite spots I head to every Sunday. Some of you folks know about it down here in Woodstock. Some of you don't. But if you live anywhere near the Woodstock area and ever want to meet up for it, you're a Florida Gator fanatic or a fan of the podcast, send me a DM and we could talk football, man. I always love the supporters of the podcast. I love the supporters of the Florida Gators. So I'll talk football with you all day over a drink or two or three. But folks, that will do it for this episode of Getting Swapped, your latest in football, statistics, special guests, and social media. Thank you for listening to Getting Swapped.